You are listening to Arta Show, Stories Behind Art, a podcast that inspires creatives to pursue their passions and boost their creative thinking. My name is Natalia Mota and I've been catching up with some of the most successful artists in Asia to talk about their ideas, processes, tools and lessons learned. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Arta Podcast. This episode is very special to me as it is the first episode that you can also watch on the freshly made Arta YouTube channel. So why YouTube? First of all, as we talk about visual art, it is great to see the work as we discussing it. By incorporating videos, I can show the artworks at the same time artists talk about them. Secondly, you can see my guests and there's no verbal expressions. You can also see me most of the time laughing or smiling or from time to time having bizarre facial expressions, which can be quite amusing. Finally, most of the time I organize interviews at art studios, which gives you the exclusive access to the work environment, tools and all the cool stuff around it. Of course, if you prefer the podcast in audio format, don't worry, I will keep posting it to your favorite podcast platform as usual. And what about today's episode? How could an artist capture time, the human form, religion and violence with a single medium? My guest, Taylor Jackson, exploits the beauty and the darkness of humanity by integrating music, photography and painting. We talk about Taylor's exploration of more traditional means such as analog photography, vandalism and traditional acrylic and oil painting. Taylor is an artist chameleon, changing his style, materials and even his name if you want to know why he's doing it and how the idea works for him, stay with us. Welcome to episode 13. Hi Taylor, how are you? I'm great, how are you? Very good, very good. Thank you so much for your time and for being with me and with Arta audience. Your career is very, very interesting and it has uh, a lot of flavors, as you like to say. Um, so, first of all, could you introduce uh, yourself? Like, where are you from? What's yeah. your education? And Do you want me to look at the camera? Um, whatever you like. You can look <laughs> at me, you can look at the cameras. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Tyler Jackson is kind of my, my real name, I guess. Um, I grew up in eastern, east, northeast of the United States and um, was kind of born in a small town, moved to Philadelphia as soon as I could. I uh, went to art school around there at now a defunct school that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, so did that for a while. Went into graphic design was kind of like my first step into the arts. Like I'd always been kind of like... Um, an arty kid and into music. Music was kind of like 
punk rock was I can thing. see that, yeah. yeah. That's what people <laughs> used to say. As I was growing up, it was kind of punk rock. And then when you're in punk rock bands, you need album covers and flyer designs and t-shirts and everything like that. So I started mm-hmm. doing that stuff. Um, and that kind of led me into doing more graphic design. And then I, I developed a clothing line for a while. And then that kind of blossomed into we're doing magazines at a venue for a short period of time until somebody got shot. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't in my venue. It was like in the same building. The whole thing got closed. Which city is it? Sorry. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Yeah, kind of a dangerous place. Mm-hmm. Um, still is probably. Um, so I did that for a while. And then when I finally came over here, I was doing kind of um, art direction. Uh, and I'd, I'd been doing photography before, but it was more digital stuff. And then I think... Kind of like with reading, you don't really like reading until you find the right book. I wasn't, photography was just kind of something I had to do for a while. It was kind of like, whether it be photographs to do content for like a, like a website or a magazine, it was kind of just something that needed to be done to document reality. Mm-hmm. And then once I got into film photography, that's where it kind of took off a little bit more. Mm-hmm. It just, I started to get things that I actually liked and what pushed me into that was this idea of cross-processing so what that basically is is Mm -hmm. you have your regular film which is um they call color negative Mm -hmm. so basically when you develop it it's so so the old basically film camera uh so you have that standard film which people usually get um that same film same size they have something called slide film which once you get it developed it's the real colors because usually you probably remember the negatives were reversed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so this is a film where they come up like that so you can shine a light through them and they show up on the wall. So if you develop that with different chemicals, the contrast gets higher, the colors get really weird. Uh-huh. And the first time I saw a photo like that, I was like, what the hell is this? It's fucking uh-huh. awesome. Yeah, yeah. How do I do this? And so from there, just I start off with these little plastic cameras from like the 70s. Oh, did, wow. Okay. So you, you've done it on like really like cheap stuff. Cheap stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you start off with like the cheap stuff and eventually you kind of you build yourself up to the more expensive stuff, you know? So now I'm kind of using the range of 35 millimeter and like uh, 120 cameras. Mm-hmm. They're all super old. They break down from time to time. It's a good thing living in Hong Kong, there's like a, a good old camera areas mm-hmm. around the town. So you still have developers, you've guys that have the parts you're looking for, that type of thing. So um, then it kind of just took off, took off from there. So photography and then after I was doing photography for a while, I had another, I had a lot of different names. So I started doing this project called Ruiner for a while, which uh, it? it's kind of a secret. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I will not tell anyone. Okay. And, like, you know, this, that was like, Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, but it's more like vandalism. So I, like, I'd find like pieces of like advertisements or pictures, mm-hmm. and especially advertisements, they... They try to tell you one thing, but there's always the like real truth behind it. So I try mm-hmm. to expose that by like making the characters like look dangerous and adding like um, you can add a phrase to something, it completely changes it and like ruins the picture. So you can have you can change one word in an advertisement, it completely changes the meaning of that. And that magic like drew me into doing that. So mm-hmm. I've been doing that for a while. Um, a little bit of a hiatus because I've I've kind of diverged a little bit. But then I took that into, um, I didn't want to use base materials anymore. I wanted to just start from scratch and make something from the ground up. And that's where uh, the 
so the other persona is Crute Savelle, which is kind of, I pulled the name from the word crucible, which is kind of like a mixing cauldron of things. So it's kind of the, the basis of emotions kind of mixed together and put out there. So I kind of, these two things are, they're different expressions. Mm -hmm. I still play music. So it's like mm. music is the artistic expression of time, for mm -hmm. me, whereas pictures are like an instance of time. And then you have uh, painting, which is like the abstraction of reality mm -mm. in a single moment. But so those are the kind of my elements. outs. Yeah, yeah, right yeah, yeah. elements so. of your of your artistic life. So just to make sure that everyone will understand, so you can we can find your work under your name, and you, we we can find yeah. your other kind of a persona, an other name, artistic name. Yeah. Um, Right, so it's two 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 different sections. One is mostly focused about photography, and second is mostly focused about paintings, but yeah. also mixed with music, as you said, and yeah. and and other of your uh, crea creative uh, thoughts endeavors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I th so if you would go to like uh, my Instagram, which is Tyler J C K S N, Tyler Jackson's already taken. Surprise. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, so underneath that, I have like links to the other Instagram accounts. And I think mm -hmm. that's partially why, because I grew up in that kind of, when that thing was birthing. Mm -hmm. So it's usually, I think people would be into one thing, but not the other. Mm -hmm. um, and the way they mix together, I'd want to present them in a gallery as separate pieces, usually. Mm -hmm. I mean, my apartment's like an amalgamation of everything. But usually what I'd want to do is kind of separate them because they're individual ideas even the paintings like certain sections are different the photography there's like different mm -hmm. uh, styles so um, it's kind of like you have sentences and paragraphs and chapters and books mm -hmm. so I have like different books where there are different names and then inside that are different chapters and wow wow that's wow, kind wow, of the way wow. I look at it yeah. wow and um, so, so this idea of actually splitting uh, splitting your, your kind of accounts it, it was kind of a natural thing, like you, you always thought about doing that, or it yeah. just it then later on through the kind of feedback you discovered that it would be better to actually split it and I, I actually two still, accounts. I'm still not sure if I'm making the right choice, actually. Oh, like, okay. I try to run this past people. Um, I think originally, for after the photography came, uh, the ruiner work, those things kind of started around the same time. and. The ruiner stuff can be a bit subversive, a little bit, and kind of if you if you're not into dark humor, you can really take offense to it, and it could get me in trouble. So I tried to be like, mm -hmm. "This is another guy," and like I didn't want to. He was like the the darkest stuff I could unload on this mm -hmm. figurative person, right? Mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. if somebody saw that stuff, they wouldn't be like, "I was kind of screwed up," like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Even though like most of the time, I'm just kind of like. I do try to make points, but at the same time, it's with like a mm -hmm. like a nudge and a wink. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of like a, a Churon is like a, a famous um, what do you call him? He's not a psychologist, but he's a famous writer who he had a book that's the problem with being born. It's like really, mm -hmm. it's really dark. But the way he he takes you through his ideology, it's like. Kind of like joking the mm -hmm. whole time, so I like mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, dark sense of humor. Just, just a bit irony as well. Right, so it, it kind of started off where I just wanted to completely make a different persona and separate it, mm -hmm. and then I kind of I'm doing that with um, 
the Crutes stuff as well. Like usually when I switch into the personas, I don't think I'm crazy yet, but it's starting <laughs> to get that way where like if I'm operating in a certain uh, creative character that I've created, I I have like a certain way of thinking and doing things. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it's kind of, it takes on its own shape. And I would love to come back to it, to your kind of uh, routines and also uh, your process. Mm. Um, before that, um, I would like to start actually from, from your photography and I would like to talk sure. uh, about two very different projects. So first of all, uh, as your exhibition is still uh, in Hong Kong, in a cyberport, could you tell us more about the high uh, yeah, studio yeah. photography which which you do and I am a big fan I have to say mm -hmm. uh, it's really it's, it's really beautiful and I really love the process uh, so if you can tell us describe the project and tell yeah, us a yeah. bit more about that sure um, so it's called this one's called figure and form uh, I've been working on it for uh, a while now so it's kind of like a collection of studio work that is either reimagined or taken from other smaller projects so I think it was I've been doing uh, film photography for a while, and uh, I had some friends that were yo like yoga or dancers, uh, yoga instructors, dancers, mm -hmm, that type mm -hmm. of thing. And so I hadn't done any studio work ever, really. I mean, since I graduated art school, so I was like, all right, let's, let's play around. Mm -hmm. And I really got into it. So it was, started using like lighting gels and all sorts of things, all with film. And since it was coming back to, studio photography at a different angle using film. It gave me like a different, um, I had like different play tools. Everything kind of came out, came together a little bit better. And since I was more, especially if you learn through digital camera versus learning photography through an old style camera, you know how to get what you want mm -hmm. a little bit easier. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I started to get things that I, I liked uh, and it was fairly simple. It was kind of like a fish to water type of thing. So this one, I really want to focus on, um, this one, I, it was like a, a small idea going into it where it's like, I wanted to photograph them. I know that they're going to be wearing black. I wanted to put them on a black background. So, and they were uh, fairly light skinned so that I could, um, you could make them almost seem like their, their bodies were ghostly. They could fade into the background very easily. Whereas, or vice versa, uh, depending on what the background is like, we did some, some high white ones as well. So it would just be what their clothes are wearing would, would be shown. But when the two of them started working together, uh, I found it, it was like a, amazing how you can kind of morph a picture. I always find the most interesting photos make you ask questions. They always mm -hmm. say like, a picture is worth a thousand words. It's kind of, <laughs> I think it's old and outdated. I think the, the really good pictures you'll look at and be like, what the hell is going on here? Mm -hmm. It's like, a, it confuses you and intrigues you. So. Mm -hmm. When I started to see them working together, at the first glance, sometimes it would look like the person had like four arms or something like mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that idea got me going a little bit more. And there's this technique with film. Uh, so this project in particular that's still on display is it's composites of um, multiple photos of sometimes more than it's like tops like four to five, uh, at least one or two, uh, sometimes multiple models, uh, sometimes the same model. Um, but there's kind of two ways you can overlay this with, with film. One is um, double exposing, which you, you take a picture, instead of advancing the film, like everybody remembers the old cameras, like you mm -hmm. wind them and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. instead of winding, you, you, keep you hit the, the trigger again. Yeah, yeah, yeah So it's yeah, the yeah, same yeah. film gets exposed twice. Yeah. Um, and then you can kind of 
fake this post a little bit when you're you take the film in the old days what you do is you uh, a big light would come down and you'd have treated paper with chemicals on it so you'd shine through your negative onto the paper and it would the paper would get the image and mm -hmm. so if you can do this multiple times then you get uh, images stacked on top of each other and so what i was trying to do with these is kind of show a little bit of motion to kind of alienate the body a little bit so that you you'd see it more of like um like mountains like the see it as like a such a powerful structure instead of immediately identifying it as a human structure mm -hmm. you just identify it as like a beautiful sculpture of something mm -hmm. you know so that's mm -hmm. that was kind of show the strength and fluidness of the human body um, and i think it, it came out real well when we actually did the opening because i had uh, two of the girls that are in the pictures they did uh, i think we did two performances the first one they're on a table about this size and uh, had some music going. I worked with them a little bit on kind of what I was looking for. And then I was just like, you guys do what you want. Like very, mm -hmm, very mm -hmm, talented mm -hmm. girls. Um, so they, they did one dance in the beginning. And in the second one, uh, I had, when I was doing the shoot, I was filming as well. So like I felt, set a camera to film and take a bunch of photos and then move the camera. And eventually we made this film uh, very hyper cut make it kind of a yeah, little bit yeah, uneasy, yeah. that type of thing. So that was playing the whole time uh, during the opening. And the second dance, I wanted, I wanted to like creep people out a little bit. Like <laughs> I wanted them to have, like make them feel like they've experienced something. Maybe it's, it's kind of reminiscent of the, uh, the photo journeys I'll mm -hmm. talk about later. But so I had them kind of like running around and like looking people in the eyes and mm -hmm. then, like darting off. Mm -hmm. Really crazy saxophone music by this guy, this guy named uh, Colin Stetson, so it was like really weird classical music and dancers running around inside of the crowd. And it was Beautiful. Like, it kind of worked all together. But awesome. So that's the, the project that's still, um, at least half of it is up at the La Meridienne inside the board right now. Absolutely. And you all should come and, uh, and, and visit until it's available. Um, so, so, and it's, it's really beautiful. And the fact that you actually created this this entire environment so it's not only the photography but also the performance act uh, oh, yeah. um and now holy violence so what yeah. is holy violence it's a completely different project uh yeah so if you can describe what we can see on on this so show. so this stuff is kind of it's not it's not for the faint of heart it's kind of um it's like a, a adult images but not in the sense that there's like nudity although figure in form has a little bit of nudity so if you like nudity go for that one if you like violence this is the one <laughs> um sex and violence i don't know why i'm drawn to these things yeah Bam. um but this one's a little bit um uh, so i was raised religious mm. like i was raised catholic but as every good punk rocker does you say fuck that like when you get <laughs> to a certain age so i was very like anti-rhythm for a long time uh, and then i started to hear about I think the first one I heard was in the Philippines, they crucify people in Easter. They actually put nails to their hands. And I was like, what the hell? Like that's, mm. that stuff, Is that real? Does this stuff still go on? Because yeah. I think a lot of times, at least I did, you have an, uh, an unrealistic sense that you're, we're so advanced, but really like we just came out of the caves. Like there's still a yeah. lot of very archaic stuff around the world. So this whole idea of like 
it's like an Indiana Jones adventure type of thing. So I'm, I wanted to see it for myself. That's a big, big thing is like, I'm, I have to do it for myself. Like I heard that you could eat a beating Cobra heart in Vietnam. So I was like, I have to go do that. You know, that, those types of things. Crazy. So I went to, where, where are you getting this information by the way? <laughs> uh, you weird shit around the world. You know, like, uh, one thing leads to another and a lot of times, uh, through conversations, I find yeah, it, yeah. but let me summarize the project. Yeah. I'm kind of going off on tangents there. Uh, the project is focused on um, religious ceremonies that take place around the world that are um, maybe a little violence, a holy violence thing. Uh, they're violent or like, um, at least from an outsider's perspective. I think that's what I love about it so much is that they're very striking images, but there's, there's so much passion and a lot of times like happiness and love around an image. So you, your first in, impression of it is like almost opposite of what it is, but then sometimes it's exactly what it actually is. Yeah. So the first one I went to was in the Philippines and it was, since it was a Christian, it was because of Easter, um, I felt a little bit, since I was raised that way, I, was, I could pick out sort of the same things that were going on. Same songs are sung the same, but just different languages, you know? So once that one, it kind of blew me away. I remember pulling up and the van I was in, there was people walking by, like whipping their backs. They, their faces were covered with either uh, bandanas or like roots, or uh, they'd had palms wrapped around it. And uh, like blood splattered across the car window. And I was like, holy shit, where am I? And that whole, once you put yourself in one of those crazy experiences, it's, um, at least for me, you hunger for, for more of it. And since it's such a wild scene, uh, when you have the camera up, it's it's like beauties all around you, really amazing imageries all around you. And then once you pull the camera away, you're like, oh god, like what? You, when you have the camera up, it's a different experience. I think mm -hmm. is, is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. um, so from there, I started to see like, is there more of this stuff around the world? And it turns out most religions have this. Um, so I wanted to hit the major ones. The book is going to cover uh, Christianity. Uh, Islam, uh, there's a Taoist festival. I might add two Taoist festivals because there's two different places that are pretty wild. Uh, and then uh, Hindu festival. Amazing. So, Amazing. So it will be all in one book, which will, um, which will be available when? On uh, the end of the year? I think I'm, I'm going to try for, I think in November, end of November, early December. But the idea of having a book about archaic things come out in 2020 has like a certain appeal mm -hmm. to me. So around end of the year, whether it's like just before or just after. Uh, and I will make sure that, that uh, uh, to include the dates as soon as, are, as, soon as are finalized. And right. I, I yeah. know that uh, books sometimes takes a lot of time for the like, yeah. final touches, etc. So Right now it's very see. big. I gotta like slim it down like each, it's, I don't know. <laughs> It's like 600 pages crazy. right now, so I have to cut it down. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. But it, it's such an interesting project. And, uh, and as you mentioned, uh, it's, it's uh, to, to see people from all around the world uh, do these mm. crazy uh, rituals. Like, what is your thought and what's your mission of, of going there? Like, what do you want to say to your fans by, by doing documentation of this well, kind of... Yeah, uh, I think it's... it's um, so it is documentation, and there's been this discussion I've had with uh, multiple other people where um, there's like 
photojournalist, I don't want it to be that. It's, it's different to me than that. It's more of like, if you want to see the core of a culture, a lot of times it's in the festival. It's like the, it's like they squeeze it down to just the essential juices, like all the artwork, the pageantry. It's mm-hmm. for an artist, it's like, it's amazing. So it's like a, a beautiful ballet that has this kind of dark side to it. It kind of reminds me of, um, I just saw the Rite of Spring. It's a ballet. It's about they sacrifice a girl to the god of spring. It's a Stravinsky. It's from like oh, hundred yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they first did it, it like apparently there was fights in the ballet. So it's it's that kind of ballet to me, where it's like it's got a little twinge of like darkness to it, but at the same time, it's all for the glory of God. And, and there's so much emotion in it that I think that's why I love it so much. Is people are the realest you'll ever see them, and to believe in something that much, to hurting other people is one thing. Hurting yourself, inflicting pain on yourself, or volunteering for pain is a whole new level of commitment. Absolutely. And so that, I don't know anybody personally, like friends of mine or anything like that, that are that committed to anything in, mm-hmm. that would do something like this. So mm-hmm. to see that type of devotion is it's very powerful. And, and to be around... Um, People a lot of times this is it's not it's not rich areas. It's usually like somewhat impoverished people, if not completely impoverished. And you see these people are, are beautiful and happy and they're they stand for something, their life has meaning. It's like stuff that a lot of the wealthier people that I've met have only dreamed of having in their life. That much meaning and that much like mm-hmm. focus to something. Mm-hmm, so I th- mm-hmm. it's like an emotional ride to me as well as like in experiencing art and trying to bring the art to other people and then also explain how like you the differences between religion a lot of them the research I've done like I've looked into many many religions a lot of them cross over so it's it's a matter of like trying to break down those walls a little bit about like look how weird the religion is oh wait Mine is has some weird thing yeah, too. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. everybody has that uncle that they don't want to talk about or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either that, and but it's it's trying to to coalesce and bring people together, I guess, um, to show the beauty of it before it disappears and to bring people together. I, I look forward to see the book because it's uh, it will be uh, it will be something. I, I don't know much about religions, and I would love to learn. And and by connecting the pictures and 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 your your thoughts to it, like mm. what you what you discovered. If you could actually share with us maybe like one story which, which you, you have in mind, uh, uh, which you captured, or maybe you missed to capture, but you would love to um, say uh, and kind of um, also introduce the book, what, what we can find in the book. Well, I think the book you're going to find, um, the, I have so many photos, and so what I'm trying to organize it, that's the, the trouble I'm having right now. And one of the things I'm coming up against is trying to organize them and try to show the similarities between between everything. So I think the, I mean, there's so many stories, but I think one that'll maybe communicate a little bit more of what I'm talking about is, uh, so there's this um, Islamic festival. Uh, I believe it's uh, Shiite Muslims, it might be Sunnis. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's a Shuni Muslim festival. It's called a Shura. So basically, it's it's different than the other ones. Each festival has a, a completely different... They may look the same, but they're completely different angles in. So this is kind of 
please people online, you can correct me if I'm wrong. What I is as much as I know. Uh, it's almost like a, a funeral for Ali, which is uh, the grandson of Muhammad. So it's kind of where the Sunni chariots split off. So it's, it's a little bit of a funeral. So there's everywhere's black. There's like a, a color code to each one of these as well, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But you you dress the same as the other people. So you, I've been looking for this one because it was kind of a little bit evasive for me. Because um, for me to go into the Middle East and shoot one of these would be dangerous as an American, I believe. So I'm trying to figure <laughs> out, like, I can't, I can't show up in Afghanistan and be like, I'm here for the festival. Like, that, <laughs> I don't think that would go over too well, especially mm-hmm. when you're taking photos. So I was trying to find a place that I could go that was somewhat still welcoming, right? Uh, that I, I wouldn't get hassled too much or even welcomed in. So I went to Myanmar for the first couple times that I was trying to see it. Uh, but they do it in the middle of the night, which can work sometimes for, uh, since I'm shooting film, it can work sometimes, but usually usually I have to shoot daytime with a flash. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so when I did it in Myanmar, one time I missed it, uh, and another time, like I completely missed because it, it was like just a half an hour in the middle of the mm-hmm. night. And then uh, the second time I actually, I was with them just, and it was around when uh, Muslims were being really oppressed in Myanmar. So I remember walk, walking with them. And if you're in Yangon, you have all of these huge religious sites, all you can stone throw from each other. So to come from one mosque and march towards like a golden pagoda, which is mm-hmm. the like a Buddhist uh, area, mm-hmm. uh, it was powerful because they were like, in the middle of the night, they had like generators that were, guys in the back had generators and other people holding lights. And it's just a huge crowd walking towards and it's, it's very powerful because they'll, they'll hit their chest all together and like sing these songs. Very powerful. Uh-huh. But I needed to see it during the day, kind of. So I went to uh, Delhi, I think it was last year. And uh, in Old Delhi, there, there's one mosque that does it. I wasn't going to miss it this time. So I went like 7 in the morning. And I'm like, all right, I'm outside the mosque. And like, there's nobody here. Yeah. And like, oh, I can't leave. So I'm going to stay here. So I stayed there for a really long time. And eventually... People started showing up, and people there were amazing. Um, there was, I think, the word I wanted to get to was there was this doctor that I ended up talking to. Not a ton of English, but enough where, mm-hmm. like, a guy like me in old Delhi, uh, I will get noticed very quickly. So they'll be like, Who, what the fuck is that? And they'll like, come to me and be like, what's the long-haired black guy doing here? I get that all, all the time when I go into these deep places. I'll, I'll either be like the only white person they've ever seen or else like the only white guy with long hair where they're like, this is confusing. <laughs> so they'll, I usually uh, get people to come over and talk to me. And so this doctor started talking to me, really nice guy. Um, he's dressed all in black. And usually when I start to talk to people, they'll explain what's going to happen next. I'll ask them questions because uh, it helps when you're taking photos at these events to know the order of the events. So if you know something's going to happen over there, you can position yourself yeah, in the right position, you know, your backgrounds, all that stuff. Uh, amazing guy, and eventually this guy, and so at this festival, they, they have long chains with uh, razors at the end, and they, they whip their backs with these, and they uh, tear them open. So I found out that he's going to participate, and he's like a medical, highly trained medical professional, and uh, I asked him if I could see him. So he takes me to his car, and he like shows me these blades attached to at first, I thought he was there when he said he's a doctor to like fix people up, but he was, he was participating. Um, 
he buys me tea, I hang out with him, everybody's beautiful. Uh, and then they go into the ceremony, they read about, I can't understand uh, the story, but I know the story, like as far as like how Ali's family was, was murdered. And so you hear it over the loudspeaker, everyone around me is like crying. And then the, the doctor that was just a nice guy buying me tea earlier is now like ripping his back and there's blood, blood, everywhere. blood everywhere. Oh my God. Is so it like a leather or what it's, what, what's it's, uh, what it seems it's a wooden handle uh, uh -huh. about this big, like a tennis racket mm -hmm. handle, kind of about that size. And then from there, you usually, I think it's four, five chains come out. They're probably about this long and the blades are about that long. Sometimes they're mm -hmm, curved, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but all ages. So this guy was probably late fifties, early sixties, something like that. But then you have kids that are 12, maybe, that are doing this as well. Wow. And so there's one photo that I have on my Instagram that's going to be in the book. You have like a little boy doing it and you have like his father and probably his uncle using their iPhones to videotape him doing it. It's, it's just like a weird, really weird, bizarre thing wow. to witness, you know, new technology with like a somewhat archaic act. Yes, yeah, yeah, like a delayed kind of uh, behavior too. Yeah. Is the idea of it to kind of uh, thank God and and to to show the obedience or what is the what's the from this one I think it's to because um, the story is about um I'm Muhammad dying. Uh, so it's you're feeling his pain that he went through, I think is is the gist of it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, with these religious matters, it's always tough for me to talk about them because even people in the same religion have disagreements about little things, and maybe I don't know the exact story. I just know what I'm told by mm -hmm. people there. But this one uh, specifically, it's uh, it's more of like a funeral, so it's like you're feeling his pain, you're feeling the pain that all he went through. Whereas other ones, like the the one in Thailand, they're they're possessed by emperor gods. Uh, Christianity one, they're they're more so giving penance. Um, yeah, so they're all kind of a little bit differently, but I think this one's more so to um, to feel the same pain that they went through. It's kind of it. Wow, wow, wow. And um, let me see in my notes. Oh, and I wanted to also ask, so are you still using only 120 milliliters film camera even for this kind of missions, or well, are, you, are you also using uh, more digital well, cameras? Well, with these, usually it's it's 120, which is kind of like the bigger rolls. You get 10 mm -hmm. shots, but it's uh, more it's a higher quality image. Mm -hmm. Then I'll use the 35 millimeter ones. And usually I use them in tandem because mm -hmm. when you get 10 shots and then you're out, and then if things are happening, you're like, oh, I got to keep shooting. So I mm -hmm. usually have like a, a 35 millimeter, which for this one was kind of funny because when you look at the photos, um, if you have the, my 120 cameras, huge, like you kill a man with it. It's, that's a Pentax 6.7. Mm -hmm. uh, when you pull that up, people are like, oh, he's press. And they're like, they don't mind. And then yeah, if yeah, you have yeah. like a little 35 millimeter camera, like a Comtex T2. Like, hmm, that's strange. You're like, what, what's this Taurus doing here? You know, it's like very, you get, you get treated differently by what camera you have in your hand. So mm -hmm. it's, but usually it's just those. There, if it's a nighttime shot, I'll have to do digital. Like there was one in India I went to where, uh, in Katil, where they, they throw, they have pretty much a firefight with flames, mm -hmm. like they have torches and it's two teams of shirtless men and they throw fire at each other. Oh so, my God. So that Jesus. one, it's, uh, I used digital partly for that just because I need to make sure that 
had all my camera settings right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And are you planning to still continue the project? Are you going to other, uh, this kind of festivals? Yeah, um, so there's uh, one in Nepal I'm going to be going to. I don't want to give away too much because I think with this stuff, um, I know it's kind of uh, backwards to be like, don't go, but I go, you know mm -hmm, what I mean? But mm -hmm. I think in some of these, they're a little bit too, people know, too many people know about it. And so then you have, they get overwhelmed with photographers. And then it's, some people don't know the rules a little mm. bit. Like they, they don't wear the same colors. They, they don't try to experience it. Like usually I try to wear whatever they're wearing. I try to know exactly what's going on when I go in there. I try to know the processes. Uh, if, if you need to do a certain thing at a certain time, I usually try to participate as well. Some people don't do that and they're just kind of ruining it. And then you can tell it's like people doing something that they strongly believe in and you have this person showing a camera in their face that's like maybe too close and they ruin it. Mm -hmm. So there's a couple more that I'm going to, but I don't, there's one in Nepal, uh, there's one in Phuket that I'm going to soon. Um, and then basically where I've been is mostly Asia. So there's a couple in Europe that I heard about, and there's a few in Mexico that I'll probably be going to as well. But this first book will focus on just the, the four kind of, like, I guess, major religions in the world and uh, the ones, how they take place in uh, Asia. So. Wow, wow. Very interesting, and I look forward to, to see um, the, the, the new material. Yeah. Um, and now going back to Kruts, Saibel. Okay. Um, so this is completely different story, I have to say. From well, I'm not sure if that completely, but uh, it's it's showing a bit different side of you. Um, so could you tell us when when you actually start to paint as well? Yeah. So this kind of happened out of um, so the the ruiner stuff I've been doing for a while, and then I wanted to get rid of the. The starting base. I kind of want to start from nothing, and um, so I went out and bought a canvas. And there's actually this. I realized kind of where it came from. When I was a kid, I had a, an uncle, my godfather, had lived in California. I lived on the East Coast. He had sent me this package, and it was like all these paints, and like a board to start with, and a few paintbrushes. But I wasn't allowed to use it mm. because I'd make a mess. So just like sat there, my parents never let me use it. So I remember this one time that like, I was like pissed off my parents. I was like, I'm going to paint, fuck them, you know? <laughs> so it's like my way of getting back at them, I was going to paint. So it kind of like, maybe it's a little bit reminiscent of that, but once I, I went out and like just got a canvas and I got like rudimentary uh, materials and the first few canvases were fucking terrible, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And I painted over them a couple of times until, um, it was, it was not until like it was the middle of the night, I hadn't eaten, I was like not sleeping. Um, and like I was just in this like weird, I tried to put myself in these weird emotional states. Um, I always liked crazy people art, so I wanted to like make myself crazy. And I just like kind of attacked the canvas. And it was like the first time I stood back and was like, oh wow, that, that's something. Um, it's like a small thread and then I kind of kept pulling at it. And then eventually I started to like, more and more started to come out of me as I started to work with it a little bit more. And it was just for the past, like, say, two, three years, it's been like almost every night, three, four hours a night, just constant. Like, I don't really have TV in my place 
I don't have internet except for my phone, so it's just pretty much like I paint. Constantly. Yeah, the canvas. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I feel like it's the the emotional uh, distance, I guess, the emotional length that you go through, like these religious festivals, and also just traveling on your own. Like when I, usually, I just get I get a motorcycle, and I said mm-hmm, I've, mm-hmm. I've broken an arm in a motorcycle accident in the middle of Laos, which is like fucking. It's a longer story, I'll tell you, but there's like wild dogs in the hospital, that type of stuff. Oh my God. So <laughs> this um, emotional latitude I try to bring to my work and like painting as much as I'm, I'm putting myself into it, it like um, I'm learning about myself as I do mm-hmm. it. And, like, I think the first thing I wanted to paint was like a nightmare I had when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Most frightening thing I can imagine. Like I don't, my nightmares aren't, aren't monsters or anything like that. It's like the... That, fear that com- that um, com- not confrontation, the confronting the endless black abyss. You know that whole like, oh, wow. existential yeah, yeah, yeah. doom like that. Yeah. That really freaks me out. Like the whole. Uh-huh. So I had a dream about that when I was like a little kid, and from that, that's like a lot of the stuff. When it gets figurative, like some of you can see like faces in it, and that's what their intention is supposed to be, and it's um, it's kind of self-portraits in a way of like how I feel in a certain emotional state. Mm-hmm. So I feel like emotions um, can be happy or sad, but a lot of times you can be happy and sad at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. like that mixture of emotions. So I try to capture um, emotions at like the purest form, because painting is like the abstraction of reality. So I think it should be abstract and like realistic painting. It's I was never like super good at it, and I felt like the the better way to do it is to show like how it feels. You know, so that's. The abstract work, I, I try to do a lot of that and kind of make something that you can look at for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You, I think it's the best thing about abstract work is you can sit there and like see something different in it each time you go back and look at it. So I try to add a lot of layers and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So how you would describe the style as an abstract, uh, yeah, cubist, so, so, Yeah, I, I guess so. I think it's uh, abstract expressionism. Mm-hmm. Um, at at its core, it has a little bit of like when it gets figurative, it starts to have like a, a basket feel. I'm a, a big, I think it's Cy Twombly. I've never heard anybody say his name out loud. So like, <laughs> uh, he's I'm a big fan of him. Big fan of Rothko. Um, oh yeah, so yeah. It's so I like the ghostly feel of Rothko stuff. Yeah. So I try to bring that in when so you have it. you have so many layers like that. I think it's weird because I'm I'm inspired by like city dirt like usually my friends like what are you doing i'm like taking a picture of a dirty wall (laughs) or like a messed up doorway because it shows shows time you know like this Mm -hmm. used to be this and now it's this Uh, you'll see like rust in the doorway and you know that like somewhere there was a drip and that's what created that so you see it has character to it so that's what i tried to to add to my stuff so like all these people kind of influence it but i think it's mostly like abstract expressionism because the I usually use like one continuous stroke mm-hmm. uh, that was like when I lost my mind that's the first thing I did and I was like oh that's kind of cool and so I, mm-hmm. I've been kind of branching off from that and trying to stretch that as much as I can it's kind of cubist I guess mm-hmm. so it's like a mixture of cubism and mm-hmm. abstract expressionism and I used to continue this process so I, I found it somewhere um, th- there's this quote He works mostly in isolation, entering a deep meditative state, which he 
a cheese through a mix of fasting, steep deprivation and loud experimental classical music. Um, are you, are you, st is it still yeah. this what you do like every single time you want to paint? Um, when the really good stuff come out, comes out, it's kind of like that. It's like, I'm really uncool. Like when it's, when you're actually, if you're in what they call like flow, where it's kind of like you're just in the zone, where like nothing's hard or difficult, and you know exactly what to do next, it's, um, it's sometimes like spastic movements. Usually I have like really weird orchestrated music on, whether it's like, um, like there's a lot of extort, it's not Baroque stuff where it's like, I hate that shit. Uh, it's usually something that's like, a, I'm trying to remember some people off the top of my head. Like Terry Riley's a very like hypnotic and repetitive. There's a guy named Colin Stetson who he plays the bass saxophone, but he plays it different than anyone's ever done it. Like he, he sings through it while he's playing percussion and playing like two different notes. Mm -hmm. Crazy, really oh, amazing stuff. So I usually listen to something like that. And then um, I also find that I need to get my heart rate up because mm -hmm. they say, I kind of learned this after I started doing it and seeing that it worked, that um, once your heart rate goes up, you get too emotional to make rash decisions. So, because you're very emotional yeah. when your heart rate goes up. So now, like, I kind of, um, like, I'll, I'll pace in the room and mm -hmm. I'll, I'll kind of, like, go up to the camera, move, or go up to the canvas and move back and, like, make, like, one mark and stand back and kind of look at it and then go back into it and do a bunch of it and then come back. And then I'll throw that one to the ground and, like, attack another one. Usually they're, they're sitting around the room either drying or waiting for me to, like, see the next step in them but it's it's not a cool looking process it's very like <laughs> spastic and dangerous it's kind of um it's that you let go of being cool when you're by yourself mm -hmm, a lot of mm -hmm. people like paint in front of people I, I i did it once at like an art fair and it was it's kind of cringy where I, a lot of times because people are watching like i had it was in guangzhou i had a bunch of people behind me and like i'm and play a lot of jokes so there's one point where like <laughs> I was writing and I wrote like hi and someone was like hi like they just read it yeah, as yeah, I yeah. as I wrote it I turned around and was like hello and then just yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. kept going so like little jokes like that yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's fun that way but usually like the good stuff is you need to you need to not be around people mm -hmm. and you need to kind of like enter a different a different mm -hmm. mode and sometimes and you can't be worried about like what you look like or or how it actually comes out you just gotta like let it just be like natural, right? yeah, like being yourself. I'm like, I've ruined a lot of clothes with paint, so usually I'm like mostly naked. <laughs> and I have these like big uh, Muay Thai shorts because <laughs> they're super fucking comfortable. And so it's usually just me like just wearing Muay Thai shorts that are covered in paint, like painting over my neighbors are always like constantly seeing me naked painting. But awesome. Yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's the process for that. Awesome. So, where where are you staying in Hong Kong? Where where the tourists can find oh, you? Oh yeah, to yeah. See uh, so yeah, fifth floor in uh, Shenyang. So look around. Oh, awesome, awesome. Yeah. I'm in Shenyang all the time. Look so. for me smoking cigarettes on the balcony. Awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. Um, what else? What else? So, uh, talking about your 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 paintings, I know that soon you will also exhibit on the uh, art fair in Shenzhen. If I uh, could uh, remember, the right? The next one's uh, in Guangzhou. In Guangzhou, sorry. Yeah, yes. I've shown in uh, Shenzhen a couple times. So I think that was maybe the last show. I still haven't really shown in Hong Kong. So if there's any guys in Hong Kong talking to you, I'm like looking for representation 
here. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's just because it's so new. I, I, the, break, the breakout I had was in, in mainland. So mm -hmm. it was like, um, did a few shows up in, there's one up north, uh, capital of Szechuan province. So there's like a museum show there. Um, I've done a couple shows in Shenzhen, and then there's like a big one in Guangzhou. So I'm going to go back and do this art fair again because it worked out really well. And they were happy with my work and I sold a bunch of stuff. So they're giving me like a bigger booth and that mm -hmm. sort of stuff. So uh, that one's going to be November. Uh, but I'm hoping to show in Hong Kong before then. But so trying yes. to figure out whether it's with a gallery or else I'm just going to make space and do mm -hmm. a show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, we'll see you guys. Uh, if you have uh, available space, uh, let us know. Uh, we can, yeah, we can okay. do something together. And they're usually pretty interesting. So like even, um, so you know, I had dancers at the photography mm -hmm. one. I had a Runer show um, maybe three years ago. And it's all sorts of weird stuff. So there was like, I had living sculptures, I guess, but there was like alligator skulls coming out of the ground with smoke coming out. And then usually like when you go to an art show, uh, you have, you're like, where's the artist? And it's like, some asshole drinking wine in the corner. <laughs> I am the asshole drinking wine in the corner sometimes, but I didn't want to be that for this because it's like, Ruiner's kind of like a street photographer or street artist type of guy. Um, so I was getting uh, tattooed in the middle of the room. Like I had my buddy from Ross from Starcross Tattoos, actually also an amazing painter, um, came in with like uh, his tools for tapping tattoos. And so I got one on my leg in wow. front of everybody. And also the kind of weird part was we decided last minute on placement. It was like right here above my knee. Mm -hmm. And were, when you wear tight pants like I did, you can't pull your leg up. So I had like half my pants off and he's tattooing me in the middle of the room. Uh -huh. And we were sanitizing with like vodka. It was like oh pretty God. hardcore. Oh my God. And there was a, like also a uh, multimedia installation where you walked into a room and there was a bunch of blinking eyes on like a projector and like a couple laptop screens and some phone screens. So you walked in. And it's like everybody's looking at you Either way, if uh, come to the shows, there's always some, some uh, surprises also, involved. Also, please know. invite me. Oh, yeah, um, I will, for sure. Yeah, I would love to see it, maybe another tattoo or oh, uh, yeah. some... Well, I, you, are, you are extremely creative, so I'm absolutely sure that you will, you yeah. will think about something Piercings very... Uh, yeah, or, or, okay. Or like, uh, you know, like the violence ritual. <laughs> yeah, I, I was actually going to invite one of those guys, but I don't know. We'll see. It'll be something interesting either way. Um, yeah. Um, would you like to add something with regards to your paintings? Would you like to... Uh, are, is, is there any work which you are particularly proud of and you would like to talk a bit more about any mm. of the paintings? Uh, I mean, it's hard to... Um, talk about the specific paintings without, I imagine, uh, you probably don't Context. know the names and they probably don't know the names either, but uh, I th maybe I can just describe, talk a little bit more about um, what each one does. So like this is, I think painting's like a fully, it's a fully emotional experience for me. So you have, it's visual, it's physical, uh, smell, usually I add, I, it's the type of music I'm listening to will help, um, move things along. Music's very important when you're creating. Um, so it's like, it's a full expression for me. I actually had, when I was doing a show here, in, a photography show here in Hong Kong, uh, the gallerist I was working with was like, 
I know you like painting, but like photography is your better thing. So hopefully, like I've been working at it, <laughs> that eventually, like I can bring uh, the painting up to my to the level where my photography is. But it's I, it's what I what I really enjoy, and then photography is like a it's a, another creative medium because I. A lot of times with photography, I'm working with people, especially inside the studio. There's a, a couple models I've been talking to that we're, we're going to start working together. We're going to do a studio show, shoot here soon. And there's guys all sorts of crazy ideas, whether it's like smoke and plants and uh, different colored lights and all sorts of stuff that we're going to be playing with. So it's a little bit more of a working with people. That's why I like it, where this is painting's kind of, it's very introspective. I think, mm-hmm. whereas uh, photography is just a, it's introspective a little bit, but it's more of like uh, a creative adventure. And then I, I'm working, I'm a big reader, and um, from Bruner's stuff, I used to write little aphorisms on them. So now I have like 600 plus aphorisms that I don't have paintings for yet. So I might start doing a, a poetry thing here soon under the name. Veles, uh, V-E-L-E-S, Veles Poetry. It's still very in its infancy, but um, I think there's going to be a book for that coming out. And then um, if you follow the Instagram with the photographs, every now and then I'll tell, I'll write a short story of how, where that photograph came from. Mm -hmm. So there might be a little bit of a book of that in the works, but there's so many projects I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish Holy Violence first. Yeah, yeah, And then move on to everything else. But uh, awesome. yeah, so lots of, lots of stuff, different emotions to express them. Amazing, amazing. And you mentioned a bit about your routine. Do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I think, well, if I had, if I had advice to give anybody, it needs to be, routine needs to be constant. You need to be always present. So like if I'm, I'm like writing aphorisms, it's like all during the day, it'll be like, something I notice and there'll be some type of universal truth that I think I put together in my mind and write it down immediately. So I'm constantly doing that. And then painting is whenever I'm home. I would get, throw away your TV. Um, I mean, I do have like a projector. I do like movies and stuff, but uh, putting TV on in the background is a total production killer. Like I would totally get rid of that. So, mm-hmm. so it's usually paintings are all over my studio. Where I, where I live as well, so it's constantly there. They're always looking at me and like tormenting me, where it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so they're always kind of like looking at me. So if you, I'm constantly, I think if you want to do more work, you should do more work, just constantly be doing it. Um, and then whenever I take a break from that, there's always the music thing I go back to, which is, uh, oh yeah, there's, I have a band called Knife Fighter. I used to wear just like a gold pointy mask. It's like synthesizers and drum machines and electric guitar, and I sing. Awesome. I just put an album out. It's like just two songs. Um, I have a couple other ones in music videos. So you can go check that out. But if you have Spotify or SoundCloud or Apple Music, look up Knife Fighter. Uh, if you see something that is big spiky gold mask, that's me. Uh, the newest album's called um, Join My Cult. Because I always thought that was funny how like everybody's trying to like join my way of thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially recently, it's like it just like this is what I think. That's the yeah, yeah, this whole like weird thing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think with with me and my process, it's just it's constant. Like whether I'm like walk down the street and I see like a 
beautifully destroyed wall. And so I, I take a picture of that as reference for painting later as I'm like thinking about another thing, as I'm listening to uh, recordings and trying to fix those in my head. So when I get back in the studio, I can fix those around. I think it's, um, it's just, it needs to be constant and then it becomes, it becomes as easy as breathing. And then I think another thing that gets me going is um, not fearing mistakes because I think, especially with painting, the first ones I did were terrible, in my opinion. Mm -mm -mm. And then I'd paint over them and then keep going. So usually, like, if I run out of canvases uh, in my apartment, if I'm in a flow, I'll be like, which one am I going to sacrifice? Like, which is the worst one in front of me and I'll paint over? Mm -mm -mm -mm. But I think it's not to be afraid that you're going to mess up because you are. Um, and it's just the, if you can be tenacious and keep going, eventually you're going to make something that um, you enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully other people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the process, right? Like first you have to accept yourself, who you are, and then yeah. people will accept you as well. Just, uh, I mean, that's what I hear. Yeah. Um, and I, I also going back to what what you just said. Um, I, I just recently uh, someone told me I don't remember who um, that um, basically to kind of force. Um, force yourself to to work. Sometimes it's something boring, like you said. It's like you have to choose like one picture out of one yeah. thousand, uh, and it's kind of time-consuming and kind of boring process. Um, then uh, what 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 he is doing in particular is to sit down, and the idea is that you can work, so do whatever you supposed to do, or do nothing, and you can. You can do nothing for as long as you want, but you cannot do anything else. You cannot look at your phone, you cannot watch TV, you cannot listen to radio. Like you have to still, sit still and, and then usually after five minutes you are ready to work. Yeah. You're bored. So uh, I'm trying to also incorporate I, this uh, yeah. to my life and I, I think it's actually working. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just a matter of like, locking yourself in a room with it. And they yeah. were saying someone there's like a famous quote that's like a a painter's best tool is his armchair. So just like sitting back and looking at it and digesting for a little bit and not doing anything else but like looking at it. So yeah, yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah. definitely some merit to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um as we don't have much time, uh the last two questions would be if you had a chance to hang out with some super famous artists that are alive who would it be? Um, I always liked artists that had like their art was a little bit crazy so like uh, Basquiat would probably be a cool dude mm. um, I mean other than like he was into some hard drugs I'd probably avoid that part <laughs> but uh other than that, he seemed, especially when you see the interviews, he seems like a very, like, even keeled, um, very deep person. And the way that people talk about the way he worked is kind of like similar to how I do, where like, mm -hmm. he'd just be hanging out with people and he'd take in like different stimuli and then he'd go and like change a painting. I think me and him would, uh, I don't know, we'd get along. Mm. Probably like the same music and that type of thing. I think so too. I think so too. Um... And last but not least, if you can, so you have you have a few website and few Instagram accounts. Yeah. So if you can let us know about your 
present. Of course, I will uh, include everything uh, on the show notes, so you don't need to spell it. La, la, la. <laughs> Just let us know where we can find you right. uh, if you can summarize. All right. So if there's if there's one Instagram account you want to follow, I'd probably go to uh, the Tyler Jackson one. So Tyler J C K N or S N. Either way, she'll, she'll put it down mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Uh, from that, you can see the links to the the other accounts. And usually. On the stories, I'll post what's going on in the other ones. Um, so, in crudesidevel.com is most of the paintings. TylerJackson.cc has a lot of photography work, some design work. You'll see some music videos. You'll see um, some of the artwork. Um, and then you can find the other ones. Knife Fighters everywhere on streaming services. Uh, Veles is going to be coming on Instagram here pretty soon. Um, but yeah, mostly those probably. Perfect. And of course, we let everyone know when the book is out, uh, when it's your next exhibition. Well, thank you so much for your time. And it it. was such a pleasure to hear your Um, stories. And yeah, it's a great idea to to have this book done and and good luck with all your projects and hope to hear from you. I really appreciate you. Uh, Give me time to talk. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you for listening and please don't hesitate to leave me a comment at artaapp.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Bye.